0: Well, good morning, everybody. I got the call on Thursday as I was headed to um, New Bern, North Carolina. You know where that is? Five and a half hours straight. I had two ladies in the car, so it took seven hours. (laughs) So we had a wedding down there, and uh, so uh, the day of the wedding in the hotel, I was preparing for today. Um, however, don't think you're getting just a something quick and done. I was ready for this. <laughs> um, the elders had asked that uh, I just have something prepared if something should ever happen to Joseph. So I've always had one in my hip pocket. I'm ready to go. I fleshed it out a little bit more. made it relevant for what we're doing today. But So, so don't think you're getting cheated by anything, all right? So the, the study's been put into it. Um, and I didn't want to mess up the first sermon of the year, okay? So I, I take this seriously. Um, but uh, if I mess it up, that's all you've got to hear from me. Joseph will do the rest of the year. I'll just do it today. But um, how is your year going so far? I heard somebody ask that uh, yesterday. So far, so good? Hadn't messed it up yet? Well, if you have messed it up, don't worry. In 364 years, you got a chance to start over, okay? 364 days, not years. 364 days, so it's a lot shorter. Um, But even at that, you know, when we think of springtime is coming in March. It feels like springtime already. Um, But that's a time to start over, too. Start over when when the flowers start budding and things. We think, okay, it's time for renewal. Or, you know, the sun came up today, but it's going to go down tonight, and it'll come back up tomorrow. God's mercies are new every morning. And so if you messed up today, you can start over tomorrow. That's the good news of God's Word. We we don't have to wait for a new year to start over. It's a good time to think about it. And I hope you've done some introspection and and thought about what what God wants to do for you and through you and your family in this new year. Because He does want to do something through you. And your family. He wants you to have an influence. He wants you to um, share the news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If not, why else would we be here? Think about that. Our destination is not anything on this earth. Our purpose is to live out on this earth, but our final destination is nowhere here. I hope I moved into the last house I'll ever move into. I don't know, but I don't want to move again. So I hope that's my final destination here on this earth. But I know there's a day coming when we're all going to go to heaven. But what's, what's the purpose of us being here now? Well, it's got to be that we need to have an influence for Christ. An influence so that others may know how to get to that final destination too. So in 2022, as you think about why you're doing what you do, why you live where you live, why you work where you work, why you go to the school you do, why you are where you are... Think about it as being the place where God has you to have an influence for His glory. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture from John 10.10. 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can look there. We're going to read And because it was a the late notice, I don't have slides up, so I apologize for that. Um, but if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John 10. And we're going to read the first 15 verses of that passage. And what I want us to look at today is, okay... This isn't our final destination, but there is a reason we're here, and we ought to live it to its fullest. And so that's what I want us to get at the end of this, that how do I go out through 2022 and live it to its fullest? So John 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, and um, just before this um, is where he healed the blind man. And I told Chris, Red, to have a mandolin playing before I preach, that's, that's going to get me going, so I appreciate you doing that this morning. And the song they sang, I saw the light, he saved the blind man, it made him see the light. That just happened in Jesus' life, okay? He just healed the blind man. Now, you would think that would be great news to the religious folks, but it wasn't because he did it on the Sabbath. And their technicalities and things got him upset. So they start questioning Jesus. They kind of put him up against the, the wall and start questioning him about things. And so he begins to tell them this story about the shepherd and the flock. So in verse 2, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me, we thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. Now that's the kind of shepherd that I want. Not a hired hand that's going to run away, the first sight of trouble. But that's what Jesus has come for us, to be our shepherd. Verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. So I want us to realize that there really is a shepherd. Jesus Christ. He claimed to be the Son of God. I believe him to be the Son of God. He showed himself to be the Son of God. He died on a cross. He literally gave up his life for me. He was dead, put in a tomb, but then three days later rose again. He came back to life. And because he did that, he did that for me, he did it for you, then we can find fullness in the life we live now. So there really is a shepherd who's taking care of us, but there also is a thief. There really is a thief. And we need to be as sure of that as we are that there is a shepherd. Because the thief is coming to steal and kill and destroy. Now this thief sets traps for us. He wants to catch us, but he doesn't do it in a way that's obvious. They're subtle traps that we really don't recognize at first. Like, you know what this is, don't you? It's a trap. You see it as a trap. It's not disguised. It really is a trap. Now, for dumb rodents like a rat, they don't know that's what that is. All you have to do is put a little cheese up there. And they don't realize they're going to lose their life if they go after that cheese. Even better, put some peanut butter on it and they'll go after it. But if I were to come around here and come down to you and hold this in your face or say, Catch! You'd know to stay away from it, wouldn't you? You're not going to mess with that because it's a trap and it is set. And it would hurt. (laughs) The thief has some traps that are set for you. But they're so subtle that you don't realize it. They're camouflaged. They're put in things that are nice for you. Just like you would put a cheese because rats like cheese you want to catch me, cheese is okay. But if you want to catch Joseph, cheese doesn't bother him. He'd stay with him anyway, right? But if you want to catch me, you can put some peanut butter on there and that would be even chocolate and peanut butter. Now, isn't that, that's, that's the kind of trap that I fall into. You put enough of chocolate on it, then I'm not going to see what's under it and I'm going to get it. You guys that are fishermen, you know that about baiting the hook. You bait it for the kind of fish you want to catch and they don't see that hook in there until it's too late. There's traps, and these traps are set so that you don't know what they are. But, if we can find out how to discover these traps, then we can do something about them. Better yet, if I just stay away from the trap altogether, that's going to be what I need to do. So, in our passage... The shepherd comes in, and he calls his sheep by name. They recognize his voice, and they follow him. So the best way to stay away from traps is to follow the shepherd. He can see them for what they are. Can't camouflage them from him. He knows where the traps are. He's going to stay away from them. So it's only logical. If I'm following the shepherd, how many traps am I going to come across? None. None. He's not going to lead me to the traps. He's going to lead me away from. So if I follow the shepherd, I'll steer clear of the traps. But you take your eyes off the shepherd and you stray toward those traps. And sheep are dumb animals anyway. And they hear the voice, but sometimes they think the grass is greener over there and they start going somewhere else. Well, you know, sometimes we're pretty dumb ourselves. We know, we've been taught, we, we know that God has the best plan for us and His way is right and, and we ought to follow that, but we're so dumb and we stop listening to His voice and we stop looking at Him to where we start straying off into the dark, not where He is, but we're off in the dark somewhere and don't even realize it because we're searching for something of our own, what we want. If we stay with the shepherd, we'll stay away from those traps, so... Take your eyes off the shepherd and you stray toward those traps. All right. Best thing is stay with the shepherd. But when you don't, what do you do? Because you're not going to. Let me just tell you. In 2022, there's going to be times you're going to stray away from Jesus. Something's going to come up, and and, and we'll talk about those things in a minute. But it's going to take you away from the shepherd, and you're going to come across some traps that the, the thief is setting for you. So what do you do with it? If you can realize at some point that you have strayed away, and you don't hear the master's voice anymore, and you can't see the shepherd to follow him, what do you do? Well, I would stop right then. Because if I take another step, I may be in a trap. So I stop and I refocus and look for the traps. I've got to get back to the shepherd, but there's traps set all around me. How do I find them? And we look for those traps. So I'm going to try to give you some help on how to find those traps. But once you find that trap and you see it there, there's no way around it. And you've got to face that trap because you put yourself in this situation. You've made some choices that put you behind this trap and you can't get to the shepherd because the trap is there. What are you going to do? You're going to spring that trap. <laughs> well will keep a little bit, didn't You're going to spring the trap. I didn't get hurt. The trap is gone. Now I can just walk right across of it, and I'm fine. You recognize those traps for what they are. Admit to what that is, and take away the sting. Take away that spring, and you can go right past that trap. So how do we do that? Let's look at that. Because the thief is real. He's there, and he comes to steal. He wants to steal your joy. That's the first place he starts. He knows that if he can take your joy away, that he's got you where he wants you. He's, you're heading down. He's got you to where you're going to turn your eyes down away from the Savior. You're going to stop listening to that voice if you can take that joy away. So how does he do that? If he can change your focus away from, from, from following the shepherd, your joy will go away. In the last 20 or so months, I forget how long it has been now, we've been faced with a pandemic. The world has been faced with a pandemic. Today, the reason I'm up here is because of this pandemic. It's a terrible situation. We're all in it. The sickness is real. People have died from it. People suffer from it. It has affected the whole world but because it's affected the whole world, it doesn't mean we have to react the same way the whole world does. Because we are not of this world. Our final destination is somewhere else. That's where we're, our citizenship is. But while we're here, we live here, and people ought to be able to look at the church and react in a way that the church does. And the health situation may not be COVID, it may be cancer, it may be a broken bone it may be old age those things we can look at ourselves and just health can get our focus off of Christ we start looking at what's going on with me if it's not our health maybe it's just our circumstances just i, I can't i can't get to the next level i want to get to i'm trying why is god keeping this from me he's giving me this dream but i don't can't get to the next level what is it about my circumstances, that I, I just can't get out of it. And we start looking at what's going on around us rather than looking at the Savior. Maybe it's your job, and it's such a daily job, and you're tired of it, but you know you've got to get up and go tomorrow to that job. And you think about sad situation you have in that job, and you're not looking at the Savior. Maybe it's your friends that when you're in a tough time, you realize they have moved on. They really weren't the friends that you thought they were. Or maybe you're counting on your Facebook friends and well, that's, that's just a screen you're looking at. But you try to find something in those friends instead of finding what you really need in the savior or maybe it's just the culture around us you know we live in a great country america i believe is the greatest country on the face of the earth and i'm proud to be an american this is my second citizenship first time a christian My final destination is heaven but while i live here i'm going to be a good citizen in the united states but our culture it's taken a beating know, uh, i could just mention in a few words politics racism instant self-gratification It's sad that those kind of things tear us apart. Again, the church ought to react differently to those kind of things. It ought to be where people can look and see how the church deals with the political situation. They ought to be looking at the church to see how we're dealing with racism. This idea of looking into to get ourselves self-instant gratification. That's what our culture wants us and leads us to and the commercials and all the advertising and marketing lead us to that. But as a church, we know that's not the way to fulfillment. That's not the way to joy. That's not the way to live a full life. It's giving of ourselves. And there's a generation that's coming up that's trying to disassociate themselves from the church. There are those in a younger generation that they, they want to follow Christ, but they're not sure the church is the place to do it best. It's a sad indictment on the church, but also on those who they may be leaning more towards the culture. I don't know where the answer is. I'm just seeing it. Uh, a way that I, I do see it is in weddings. Used to that all weddings were where? Where were they held? Church, where are they held now? In a barn. (laughs) Venues. And those are beautiful places and everything, but I think it's a subtle way of that generation disassociating itself from the church. If God's way of marriage is right... if that's the way I want to start it off, I want to associate with that. So they want the Christian wedding. You go to those and there are strong Christian emphasis there and symbolism and all of that. But they're disassociating themselves from the church. I don't want to do that because the church is the way that God planned to get his message across. There's no other way. He set up the church. When Christ died, he died for the church. The church is called his bride. We are the bride of Christ. What a great symbolism for the world to see that when we're married, we're doing it in church to give you a symbol of what the church really is. We as a church, Freedom Fellowship, need to have such a relevant influence in our community that people want to come here. That's what I hope 2022 will bring for us, that we would be that influence, that people would want not want to disassociate themselves, but to want to be a part of this, want to partner with us and go along with what we're doing on our mission here at this church. So you walk up on that trap that's taking your joy away. Whether it's circumstances, whether it's your job, the health struggle that you go through, recognize for what it is. It is taking your eyes off of Christ, and you need to get the focus back. So I've got to deal with what's in front of me and... I spring that trap. All right, that's out of the way. I, I Now I'm going to listen to what Christ has for me. But if he takes that joy, the thief has stolen that from you, he's not through with you. No, he's not through. The next thing he wants to do is to kill. The thief comes to kill your testimony. He wants to kill your passion for right and wrong and how you live out this life, the testimony that you live before other people. He wants to kill that. So he's taking your joy away so the passion you, ha- passion you have for right and wrong is lessened. And the influence that you have begins to waver. But as people look at you, they don't see the testimony that they saw before. And the way the thief does that, that trap that he's going to set, is through rationalizations. He's going to help you, help you, you're the one who's doing it, but he's going to help you rationalize your thoughts, your words, and your actions. First thing he's going to do is try to help you lose control of your thoughts. Bible tells us that we can take every thought captive into Jesus Christ. But if the devil can take that away from us and move that focus away and help us to lose that control, if I were just, if you were just in your natural state, not thinking about Christ, what's right and wrong, the natural inclination for each of us is to go to the negative. If you sit and talk long enough with people and just let it naturally come, the conversation will move to negative thoughts. You start having what I call stinking thinking. Things going on in your mind and you start thinking about things that are wrong. And who has caused that wrong in your life? Not you. You didn't do it. Somebody did it to you. So I start thinking about them and I start having thoughts about them and conversations that I really want to have with this person. I'm never going to have it, but I have it in my head and so I have it in my head so it's really real and it really does affect me. It doesn't affect the other person at all, but it starts and I start stinking in my thinking. And it comes out, the way to recognize it, so you know what that trap is, it comes out in rudeness. Rudeness towards other people, specifically rudeness in your relationships. Have you noticed, I like to people watch. When you go to the mall, you go to the grocery store and you start looking at other people and how they relate with one another, they're family members, but they can be so rude to one another. They'll say things to uh, people that they love. They say they love. They, and they'll say things to them that is so hurtful. And they probably would never say to another person. They wouldn't come up to you and say those same things. They don't know you. But they'll be... So if you see that rudeness creeping into your relationships, how you're treating those that are closest to you, be careful, there's a trap. That's the camouflage. He's trying to steal your testimony. Because people are watching, just like me, how you treat your family. And then it turns into just plain unkindness. Unkindness. You know our world would be better if we were just kind to one another. (laughs) You, You look at any situation, any bad situation, it's because someone started out being unkind. So if we can come with kindness... We might can overcome that, but we don't because we see it. And because our joy is gone, we, we kind of identify with it and realize, yeah, there's a reason they're unkind. Look what that other person did. And then they become we become unkind just like that. And it becomes a loop that we find ourselves getting into. And unkindness is ruling our world today. But we rationalize it. Remember, we... The thief is trying to steal our testimony, so he helps us rationalize our thoughts, our words, our actions, and what he's teaching us to do is to lie. That's what a rationalization is. It's a lie. You know? This this person treated me this way. That's why I I can I should be able to feel. Why wouldn't you? Would feel that way same way too, wouldn't you? I deserve to feel this about that person, or. In our relationships, we begin to say, well, if she would do more, I wouldn't have to. If he would just be, then why, I wouldn't go. Through. But it's their fault. So when I stray from the, from the shepherd and I come over into the dark, it's, it's not my fault. It's because there's other people around me. And look what they did to me. And look what, how they affected me. And we rationalize why we go off into the dark. We need to be in the light. But well, once you do that, you've lost sight of that shepherd and you can't follow him. So you're faced with another, another trap. What do I do? Well, call it for what it is. He wants to kill our testimony. And so he does that by happen, helping us rationalize our sin. That's what it is. Our sin. Right and wrong. We've lost focus on that. Let's see what it is. Look at yourself. Why are you acting this way? Why is the rudeness coming out? Why is there anger? It's because you've left the Savior. You're following your own ways. You become self indulgent instead of self controlled. And there's that trap ready for you to fall into, and your testimony is gone. But if I see it, I recognize for what it is. Yes, I have been rationalizing all my actions, all my thoughts. What do I do with it? I spring the trap. Spring the trap and it's gone. Now I can just go, I can find the Savior again. Yes, that's wrong. I've been wrong. I've been lying. I've been trying to rationalize what's what's bad into good and I can't do that and it's, it's tearing me up so I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to get back to the Savior. But He knows if He can steal your joy, if He can kill your testimony, there's one step left to just destroy destroy your influence no longer are you any good on this earth destroy your influence how does he do that well it's through distractions distractions from seeing and listening to God if I were to ask you what's God doing in your life but you've fallen into the last two traps and your joy is gone and your testimony has been killed. you got nothing. What's God doing in your life? I don't know. I can't hear Him. I can't see Him. Alright, let's, let's pause and ask that question. What's God doing in your life? If you look back over 2021, what's God done? Were you able to hear Him? Able to see Him enough to follow Him? Or have you strayed off into the dark? Have you stepped in those traps that the thief wants? You turned into a life of self indulgence. The reason you get up in the morning is for yourself. The reason you go and do what you do is for yourself. When I go to work, it's not to help out the business. It's for me. Okay, I may not like it, but at least I'm going to get a paycheck. Because in that paycheck, then I can do more for myself. Friends I have, why do I have those friends? Because of what they can do for me. I want to be around this person because I know what they're going to do for me. Why do I have these friends? Why do I seek to be... We've become a life of self-indulgence and that's what the thief tries to do. It's so subtle, we don't even realize it until we stop. Ask that question, what's going, God doing in my life? I got nothing. Ask me what I'm doing for my life? I got a long list. What's God doing? You see that, there's that trap. And that may be the worst one because it gets so comfortable. You've rationalized so much that you don't even know a lie from the truth. It's just the way I'm going. This is the life I'm living. This is who I am. You ever said that? It's who I am. It's a lie from the devil not who you are. You've been made to be better than that. You've been made to be a follower of Christ, to be an influence in this world, to be a strong light and salt to this earth, to this world, to be a part of God's church, the bride of Christ. You are made for more than that. And the devil, the thief, has come to steal your joy, to kill your testimony, and destroy your influence. So see it the trap for what it is. If you're living that life of self-indulgence, stop. If you can't say what God's doing for your life, you don't know really what's going on. You want more than that? See that you've gotten behind this trap, and the only way to get to Satan, get get past Satan is to spring that trap. And so do that. Recognize what it is. It's a trap. God does have something for you. And so if you want it, You can have it. It's by following the shepherd. But if you can't hear him, you can't see him, stop. Stop until you do. Don't take another step because that trap might be right there. So this morning, as I've asked that question of you, and you say, I got nothing, but I want something then start it right now. What better time to do it than the beginning of a year? But let me tell you, when you mess it up in 2022, you'll be able to start over the next day. So don't give up. This is a lifetime journey that you're on. It's not the destination. Where's your destination? Heaven. That's the destination. We want to know that there's a purpose and a plan, and God does have that. And it's in your daily routines. It's in the dailiness that God has the plan for you. The fullness comes in living each day to what it is. Not waiting to the championship. Not waiting until I get the the next raise. Not waiting until I get married or I have a child or these accomplishments that we can have or we get them graduated and on. It's what's happening on the journey. That's where Christ is leading us. We're following the shepherd. It's on the journey. Sheep don't really care where they're going. They're not looking for the next championship. They're not looking for the next raise. They're not looking for anything. They're just looking for the next patch of green grass. And the shepherd's leading them to that. They're looking for the cool, clear water that can give them refreshment. Jesus says, anybody who's thirsty, follow me. Are you thirsty? You're looking for that green grass? It's around the shepherd. Follow him. So to do that, Jesus says, that's what the thief wants to do. I come to help you live life to the fullest. So how do we do that? Four quick steps that I want us to go through right now to set 2022 on a good path. First, live your life defined by your relationships with Jesus. Live your life defined by your relationship with Jesus, not with my desires, not with my goals, not with what I want. No longer am I self-indulgent. I take on that self-control that God gives us through the fruit of the Spirit, and that's what I'm going to look for. No longer being self-indulgent, but following Christ. So when you get that phone call, and it's Jesus calling you, <laughs> and saying, saying, this is the way I want you to go you'll know to follow it. I want that, don't you? Wouldn't it be great if God would call us? He has. He's told you. He was telling those Pharisees exactly what He wanted. And they said, we don't understand. So it had to be plainer. And He is plain. And He begins to do it. So it's through God's Word that I'm going to do it. I'm going to spring these traps. How do I do it? I'm going to find joy in the journey by remembering what the cross means. That's the way to spring the trap. What has He done for you? Christ died for you. He took your place. Those sins that we talked about that we all know we have, we don't have to worry about that because Christ did it on the cross. He's taken care of that. You can find joy in that. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your health situation, no matter what job you're in, no matter what you're facing each day, if you can look to the cross, you'll find joy there. That's, if, if you really believe and trust that, that Christ died for you, there's your joy. There's nothing else you can do. If you could, what good is the cross? What's the cross for Cross is all you need and you can find joy in that. He took a journey for you to the cross. And Now remember that and take your journey. So we're living our life defined by our relationships with Jesus. So we're finding joy in the cross. We're going to be intentional with including the Word in our day. Our pastor tells us Over and over. You need to read the Bible more. And He gives us ideas on how to do it. And there are plans to do it. And suggestions on how to keep it in your Word. I don't want it to become a checklist on your to-do list. I want you to get in the Word so the Word gets into you. So that you are intentional in following what the Word says. So when we read a passage about following the shepherd, okay, tomorrow, when I get up, I'm going to listen for the shepherd to call my name and I'm going to follow him wherever I go. I'm intentional about that. If you get up and you follow that Scripture, your life will be different. You'll follow Him and your testimony will be stronger because people see, hey, they really take this Bible stuff seriously. I'm remembering the cross, the joy that it gives me that I don't have to worry about anything. He's taking care of it all. I follow His Word. I'm going to be intentional in doing what He wants me to do. And then I'm going to totally surrender myself by being a servant to all. I'm going to totally surrender myself to be a servant. The way to come up, overcome that self-indulgence is to serve others. To get outside yourself. So I'm going to look for ways to do that. If you're following Christ and you're getting the Word in, you're going to do it anyway. It's just, but then the influence, that'll take off. The influence of the people around you, they see how you serve. Isn't that what Jesus did? He served. He came to serve. And then that's what's going to be the answer for us. So as we start 2022, find joy in the cross. Keep your joy alive. Get intentional about the Word. Not just reading it. Not just completing the plan. But being intentional. Taking the Word. What does it say for me today? And then go and serve other people. Totally surrender yourself. Not what I want, but I'm going to serve others as I go out. That will take any size trap and spring it. And you'll live a life to the full. That's where Christ wants us. Let's pray. Father, thank You that You give us answers to spring the traps that the thief sets before us. Help us to see them for what they are and then look to You for answers on how to spring those traps to get beyond them so that we can get back close to You and follow You. Lord, may 2022 be a time when we really see the beauty that You have for us all around us. That we see You at work everywhere we go. That we know that you are the one who's leading us and leading us as a church so that Freedom Fellowship would be an influence in this community for you. In Jesus' name, amen.